podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Go on! Go on! Sometimes longer isn't better. So if you're looking for a fantasy NFL game that doesn't last all season, try Paddy Power Fantasy. Every game week is a season in itself. Try it for free on our super short, super free contest on this Sunday's 6pm games. The top 900 customers in the contest win a prize with £400 for first place. Search Paddy Power Fantasy to pick your team. Paddy Power Fantasy. Hate waiting, love winning. Paddy Power Fantasy rules apply. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show presented by Paddy Power Fantasy. Good to have you with us, gang, this fine Friday ahead of the first London game of the weekend. The Bears-Raiders gets the London series underway this Sunday at Spurs. And we are delighted to be joined by Jeff Dickerson from ESPN, one of the very best in the business. Covers the Bears day in, day out. He's dropping by ESPN HQ in a moment to get us set for the big game. And, of course, to pick all the Week 5 matchups. Looking forward to checking in with Jeff soon. Just time for a big shout-out to our sponsors, Paddy Power Fantasy. Appreciate their support. This Sunday, a £3 million prize pot fantasy game. A million pounds for first prize. Head on over to Paddy Power Fantasy. £9 to enter that one. Best of luck. Right, there is so much to get into. So let's hook up with Jeff. Jeff, welcome, welcome back to London. Well, it's, it's great to be back. I thought for a long time, I was like, I hope 2011 is not my only trip over here. So when I saw the schedule come out back in the spring, I was elated. Chicago, I've got, and Chicago media got the short end of the straw though, right? Because the Raiders have been here all week. You well, only got in yesterday. The Bears players get the short end, That The media, a little more savvy. We come in <laughs> on a Wednesday. Nice. We stay through Monday. Yeah, but the Bears landed on Friday. The Raiders have been here the entire week, as you know. But I think as long as you, you plan it out the right way from a media standpoint, you can take advantage of it. I hope you've had time to research some of London's fine watering holes. Well, I mean, I think uh, when you talk about the priorities, right? Yeah. Covering the game, mm-hmm. uh, bringing the, the ambiance back to the States, and then uh, the watering holes. That's probably actually number one. I put yes. that up number one on power, the list. Your power, Jeff's power rankings, that's no question about that. a very wise choice. We were uh, reminiscing before we started recording. Uh, the last time you were here was 2011, Bears, Bucks. And I remember that very well because I was hosting an event in Trafalgar Square, a fan rally in Trafalgar Square. And the Bucks had brought their ship over. They brought the pirate ship over. I wonder if they're going to do that again next and year. And the Bears brought the inflatable big bear. <laughs> yeah, I was there yes, too at, at Trafalgar did. Square. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so we met, but we didn't have that. that. So here we are eight years later. And great to have you at ESPN HQ. There's so much we're going to get into. We're going to preview all the week. Five games, of course, as well. You and I are going to be picking them. I don't fancy my chances against you there, but we will see. Uh, and we're going to talk in a bit. I thought it might be quite interesting to looking at the week five schedule looking at these teams that have suddenly uh had some kind of resurgence teams that we'd written off a few weeks ago for various different reasons like the jags the moment nick Foles went down we thought say goodnight gracie mm-hmm. to the jags that's the end of their season maybe not so much now with gardner uh, and Minshew mania rolling so there are a number of teams i think that we'd uh, sold down the river a few weeks ago that are maybe back in contention so we're going to get into that in a bit but let's obviously start with your chicago bears interesting times for the bears yes. isn't it? because there are, once again, this dynamic, formidable, terrifying defense. But the offense just isn't isn't matching. And, of course, that all stems from the problems of the quarterback position. And that was the big 
the big thought going into this year was the quarterback was going to be better because it was the second year in this Matt Nagy offense, the offense he brought from Kansas City, the Andy Reid system, to Chicago. And for whatever reason, it just didn't work. I mean, the first game, that was a disaster against Green Bay, that Thursday night game. It's almost as if Trubisky had regressed. And then Matt Nagy says, okay, I got to call plays to win. I can't worry about developing my quarterback on the fly. I got to call plays that, because of this great defense, are going to allow us to win. So you saw more running in Denver. You saw more running attack against Washington. And Trubisky played better against the Redskins because they were a little more of a balanced attack. Then he gets hurt. Against the Vikings last week, Chase Daniel comes in, runs the system pretty well. So it'll be interesting to see with Chase Daniel. You know, he has made over 34 million American dollars. And this is his fifth start of his career. Has he got the same agent as Kirk Cousins? I don't know, <laughs> but I would like to hire his agent to be my agent. But it's remarkable, 10 years in the league, his fifth start, He's obviously a very desirable guy to have on your team because he's got the experience. He's a good guy. So what's the secret to a good backup? So I think the secret is you have to be prepared. You have to go through the week preparing as if you're going to play, knowing that in reality, you're probably not going to play. So when you get thrown into a game like Chase Daniel was last week, you're good to go. Now, the question is what to watch this weekend. It's it's one thing to come into a game when the team you're playing isn't expecting to see you. It's another thing to be the starting quarterback for the entire week. The Raiders know he's going to start. They watch all the film. They prepare for him. Last year, Chase Daniel had a good start for the Bears on Thanksgiving against the Lions. That was a very short week. The Bears actually had the shortest week ever in NFL history. They played that Sunday night. Right. Then Thursday morning on Thanksgiving in the States. So it was a very just kind of helter-skelter, throw them out there. The following week, though, the Bears played in New York against the Giants. And the Giants had extra time to get ready for Chase Daniel, and he played very poorly. And this was not a great Giants team, we should point out as well. Uh, interesting. Okay, so... A lot of buzz, of course, is about what happens next. And Chase Daniel being a, a career backup, you often see a player coming in for the reasons you've just outlined, starting quite competently and maybe regressing as the weeks go by. And that's why they're career backups. They can't sustain a level of play uh, at the highest level for, for very long. But this is a different kind of Bears side or a different side to, to many. We've seen it before. Baltimore, of course, back in, in the day. Uh, and, and other sides that have got competency at best at the quarterback position. And it's the defense that carries them over the line and makes them a championship team. So can the Bears win the Super Bowl or at least contend for the Super Bowl with this great defense and Chase Daniel or Mitch Trubisky, both flawed players? I don't think so. I think the game has evolved where you have to have your quarterback being more than just a game manager. The Ravens did it, as you said. But even Peyton Manning more recently, I guess, at the latter end of his career, was essentially that. I know he, he brought more smarts I think to it. But. After he got hurt and yeah. came back in for the Broncos, yeah. it was a little more of a management style. But that was still Peyton Manning. And I think if you're a team playing Peyton Manning, you have to respect him. Right. Do you really respect Mitchell Trubisky yet as as a young quarterback, Chase Daniel as a career backup? So I think the Bears need more out of that position. I think the head coach knows it. It's funny because we talked to Matt Nagy the last couple of weeks, and you would ask him any question about the defense, about coming to London, about Khalil Mack, and he'd be like, uh, uh, because he's not focused on that. Sure. He is so focused on figuring out this offense and trying to find a way to fix it. He's obsessed with it almost, honestly. So, no, and I think the Bears 
under I think they feel like Trubisky should be better. He's the second overall pick of the draft back in 2017. He's a great athlete, but the difference is, and this is the key that I've learned over the years covering American football, the difference is it's one thing to be a great athlete. It's another thing to be a great quarterback. I think Trubisky's a great athlete, but he's not a great quarterback yet. And until he is, I have a hard time thinking the Bears are going to win a Super Bowl. Okay, which is going to come as bad news, of course, to some of those defensive superstars, and most notably Khalil Mack. And obviously this game on Sunday, particularly poignant for him. The, the Khalil Mack deal, first things first, is it going to go down as one of the greatest deals uh, of the last 20 years of this uh, of, of this millennium? Depending on your perspective. If you're the Raiders, it will go down as one of the worst. Right. If you're the Bears, it has to go down as one of the best. I mean, who trades a generational pass rusher like Khalil Mack in the prime of his career? I don't care how many first-round picks the Raiders got. I don't care what the compensation is. You'll never get back what you gave right? to Chicago. And Khalil Mack, you know, as we talked to um, Chuck Pagano, who's the Bears defensive coordinator, former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Sure. And he made a comment last week where Khalil Mack directly impacts over 80% of the plays that he's on the field. Now, it might not show up as a sack or a mm-hmm. tackle or a forced fumble, but they have a metric they keep, a stat they keep in-house that shows you that over 80% of the time, something he's doing is helping the Bears win that play. Mm-hmm. And that's remarkable because if you're a middle linebacker, and you're in the middle of the defense, and your job is just to follow the football, you'd be about 40 or 50%. Right. He's an outside pass rusher, and he's still at 80%. Mm. He's unbelievable. Mm. I covered Brian Urlacher, sure. and I think Brian Urlacher is the greatest athlete I've ever covered. Is he a god in Chicago, Urlacher? Oh, Brian Urlacher, and now he's got hair. He's got the hair uh, <laughs> follicle commercials. How did, how did a, that happen? They, they wrote a big check, I think, is how that happened to Urlacher. But Khalil Mack is... Is in that category. We had Julius Peppers in Chicago, but yep. that was kind of near the end, later stages of his career. So he yeah. wasn't as good as he was early on in Carolina. You got peak Mac, haven't you? Yeah. This is, this is prime of his career. This is defensive player of the year type stuff. Already with over four sacks, four forced fumbles. It's amazing what he does every single week. Let's talk about Sunday's game. We're going to pick the rest of them later on, but seeing as we're, we're on the Bears and, and, and by association, the Raiders, it's a it's a more improved uh, uh, well it is an improved Raiders side mm-hmm. on last season and uh, I guess a more successful side we're seeing so far than I think many people anticipated particularly with the Antonio Brown shenanigans yeah uh, and respect to Mike Mayock who I wanted to pass the other day uh, at uh, at Raiders practice facility and uh, you could see this is a guy that has got a commanding presence shall we say and he demonstrated that standing up I think to Antonio Brown I loved his comments to the media when that was all kicking off just no nonsense there. And I mentioned that because I think it represents a lot of uh, – there's a lot of logic and, and, and a lot of explanations to why the Raiders are so improved. Yes, of course, Gruden, I think people wrote off maybe a little bit too soon coming back into the game after a while out of coaching and a young side as well. Almost all of their draft picks in and on this roster. So I think there was a negativity about the Raiders, but already – and let's not get carried away. I'm not suggesting they're a playoff side, but already they're, they're faring a lot better – that many people thought they would. Well, it's hard because when you pay your head coach $10 million a year. 10-year deal And you give well. him a 10-year contract. 
The buck stops with him. We don't get those kind of contracts with ESPN. Well, um, not yet. Maybe. Well, yeah. No, we don't. Get Never. Chase Daniels' agent. And we exactly. Might. <laughs> Perhaps we can negotiate that at some point. Okay. But you got Gruden with all the money. The fact that they're moving to Las Vegas after the year really complicates things. Do you and like then, that? Do you like the Vegas idea? I love it. Why not? <laughs> no, look, I love I love Oakland, and it's a it's a charming stadium. It's rather old. Um, you've got the 49ers in Santa Clara. They moved outside the city because so you have football in that Bay Area. But the idea of covering a game in Las Vegas, I, I am not going to object to that. I didn't think you would. I think media around the world are going to unite and say, Raiders, way to go. First game Las Vegas. in Vegas. I think we have to be out there. I think that's a contractual. I think given. that is in the contract. I think the fine print. you got to look at the fine print <laughs> in your contract. Check the fine print. But then Antonio Brown, um, you know, they're actually, they're two biggest offseason additions, Antonio Brown and Vantas Perfect. Yes. Antonio Brown's gone. Vontaze Burfecht is suspended. He's gone. And I think my understanding is, um, talking to people that have been around the Raiders this week, that's what they're really upset about is Burfecht. Yeah, right. It's not Antonio Brown because he had his issues. He comes in there. He's not around much. It's a whole circus, whatever. But Burfecht was a team captain for mm. them, and he was playing well. But it just shows you. You gotta change the way you play. Mm. The NFL in 2019 is different than the NFL in 2014, 2015. Sure. They're telling you, if you don't change the way you hit, if you don't change your launch point, if you don't just lead with your shoulder and never your head, we're gonna have a problem. Now at some point, I think Perfect could get that suspension reduced upon appeal. Maybe that's more of a, a warning shot. Saying, all right, this is it. If you ever do this again, we'll have you sit out half the season, three quarters of the season, whatever. But if you ever do this again, you are done. But the point is, that's a big loss for them this week mm. against the Bears team that's going to want to run the football with David Montgomery, with Tariq Cohn. Not having your captain, your linebacker is a big deal. So they have kind of, you know, righted themselves a little bit here after that kind of strange preseason. Mm. But that's a very difficult division. Another hurdle in. to overcome, yeah. And yeah, I, I think uh, you're probably looking at somewhere around five and eleven, six and ten with them. But if they cash in on those all those draft picks they sure. got, who knows what the future holds? So Sunday, uh, you gotta obviously be picking the Bears. Like, there's no other way of looking at it. I, I will pick the Bears. I mean, just from top to bottom, they're a better roster. It's it's hard for me to see the Raiders scoring enough points to win against that defense. Sure. I mean the the Bears defense and and there's been some controversy there with Roquan Smith. Yep. You know, he's told us the other day that he's going to play Sunday. Uh but even without Roquan Smith, the guys they had step up last week, Akeem Hicks was out last week. They, Hell of a player. They, he's a great player, a great run stopper, mm. and the Vikings came into that game knowing that their quarterback Kirk Cousins was just as shaky as Trubisky and the Bears shut down Dalvin Cook. It was amazing. You just go top to bottom with Khalil Mack, with Danny Trevathan, with Eddie Jackson, with Kyle Fuller, seven picks last year, Prince of Mukamara. So the Bears have enough defensively to stop them. It'll just be a matter of the quarterback making a few plays, running the football, and I think getting out of the stadium with a pretty ugly victory. So, Jeff, we got talking and we got thinking. There are a number of teams right now in the NFL that are suddenly back in contention, theoretically, for a playoff spot that only a couple of weeks ago, everybody had written off. Pretty much everybody had written off. So, for example, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who started the season with so much promise, Nick Foles goes down in game one, that's the end of the road. Who's this Gardner Minshew guy? Forget about it. They're done for the season. But that Minshew Mania's hit, they're suddenly back in contention. You've got the Carolina Panthers, I'd throw in that, 
in that hat as well. Same reason. Cam Newton, now he wasn't playing well. He was injured quite clearly. But Cam goes down. That, that's then done. You know what? Maybe with Kyle Allen, they are back in contention. Mm-hmm. The Tampa Bay Bucks. nobody thought the Bucks were going to be a dangerous team this year. But they're showing a bit of swagger. Maybe they could sneak in the back door. I'll throw the Steelers in as well. Pittsburgh. Rottenberg goes down. They're 0-3. They're in trouble. But Mason Rudolph steps up. Looks legit. They could somehow get something going again. Maybe you've got a team as well you want to throw in this conversation. Teams that we had written off two, three, four weeks ago who are now maybe back in playoff contention. Which one do you think is the most likely to get into the playoffs and why? I think I think Jacksonville, because of that division, I think the division is open. I love Minshew Mania. It's like the best story going on right now in the NFL. And people forget, this was a team that was only one win away from a Super Bowl right. just a couple of seasons ago with that great defense. They've lost some from that defense. But Will Minshew, they lose more? Do you think Ramsey will stay or go? I think Shad Khan has made it very clear he's not trading Jalen Ramsey. At any price? Well, everyone has a price. Right. But it sounds like teams have offered two first-round picks, and they're not budging. I think that's an interesting market because you really have to be careful. You can't lose star players. They have a kind of a hard time sometimes with attendance. I've been down there a bunch. Um, obviously, the rumors of them at some point maybe coming to London has been discussed. They have a swimming pool in the stadium, though, Jeff, they, to count There that. is a swimming pool, and that's cool. It's just they have to sometimes tarp off their upper deck. Yeah. But the point is, Jalen Ramsey is plays a premium position cornerback. He's a really good player. He is a marketable type of guy. So you have to be very careful about getting rid of them. What I can't understand is, how come Jalen Ramsey, Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, just can't get in a room like this, sit down, and talk out their differences? All we hear is, well, respect has been lost on either side. Mm. But you can always gain respect back. It's a long way back there from the, what they were going at it on the sidelines of Marone and, and, and Ramsey. And uh, Ramsey was over in London in the summer. I chatted to him and he seems, considering the, the elite player that he is and the position that he plays, which often is one that I guess embraces flamboyancy and, and being outspoken, he was very measured, composed character. So it was quite uncharacteristic to see him, passionate player that he is, lose it on the sidelines to Marone. Tom Coughlin doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that it's particularly easy to get around the table with and, and have Yeah, a, and yeah, have I think a, once he gets his mind made up, it's probably, that's probably the end. But for the good of the franchise, they should work this out because that, that is a team I would put certainly on the list on as the list. real contenders. What about the others I mentioned? The Steelers. Anyway, back for the Steelers. I don't see the Steelers coming back. I don't think it's a great division. I think mm-hmm. the Ravens' performance against the Browns last week was very alarming. Uh, I still think the Ravens, Browns will decide the AFC North. I think with Pittsburgh, they lost too much star power. You lose Le'Veon Bell. You lose Antonio Brown. Roethlisberger's hurt. There's only so much they can do there. So I, I'm not quite putting them on the list. Carolina, that's a that's a tough division because the Saints are always going to be formidable in the NFC South and maybe the Buccaneers. That's stunned me that they scored, what, 55 points against the Rams Wow! But last week. The Rams' defense is littered with pro bowlers. And the Buccaneers with Jameis Winston just torched him. Is this all down to Arians, do you think? I think Bruce Arians is a great coach. I really do. And I think you saw the drop-off when he left Arizona. Um, that was a huge blow to that franchise. I think the guy really understands the quarterback position. So if anyone was going to get the best out of 
Jameis Winston. It was going to be Bruce Arians. Now, can they sustain that? I'd put them in the category of teams that probably won't sustain that success. Okay. What about the Titans? I want to throw them in the mix because they had a brilliant start to the season, of course, a real statement win and suddenly everybody in the, uh, in the world that we live in getting carried away based on the sample size of one game said, oh, look, the Titans are legit this season. And then they revert to type and they're kind of at around, they've been an eight and eight, nine and seven level seemingly forever. Is this the Titans here? Can they go forward and emerge into the playoffs? I, I would say probably not. This does feel like an seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven type situation. They got to figure out long term what they're going to do at the quarterback spot. Cause I mean, I think every franchise in the NFL feels the same way. Like, are they, are they sold on the guy or are they not? Surely by this say, stage with Mario, so they're not, right? I would think they're not. But going about the business of replacing him when you're always eight and eight or nine and seven or seven and nine is very difficult. I'll take it back just for a second to the Bears quickly. If for whatever reason the Bears decide that Trubisky's not their guy, what do you do? You got no first round picks. You're going to be a, probably a playoff team. The quarterbacks go in the top three. So that's very tough for yeah. teams. Unless you get lucky like the Jags and discover a Minshew or uh, like the Cowboys did with Dak Prescott. And, but that's few and far between that happens. Any other teams that I might have missed that you think we'd written off, nobody was taking seriously, that could sneak in the back door? You know what team surprised me? Last week at this time, we were saying the first place Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. They were 2-0-1. And at one point, this is a great stat from our ESPN, our great ESPN stats and information people. You're a company man. Well, you have to be in this day and age. Uh, going into week four, every team in the NFC North was above 500. This was going into last week. The Bears, the Vikings, the Packers, the Lions. That was the first time that had happened since the divisions were realigned in 2002. So that never happens. And the Lions were on top. Top of the pile, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they have a good game at home against the Chiefs. That's a tough Kansas City team. The Lions are just that team you kind of want to forget about. But they might be coming back. That is a great shout. A really great shout. Patricia in particular, after his first season, everybody wrote off and said, look, it's a classic example of a Belichick disciple that is not made to be a head coach. He's not going to handle it. Uh, and even, you know, with his defensive prowess, that was getting knocked as well. And uh, I think Patricia might have been underrated and, and written off too quickly as a head coach in, uh, in association that the Lions as well love that. The Detroit Lions sneaky pick as well. We shall see. One of those, I'm sure. Well, there always is every year. One team comes through and emerges and nabs a playoff bird. Sunday evening checklist. Uh, meal prep done, clothes laid out, and your fantasy NFL team picked for Paddy Power Fantasy's massive three million pound prize pot fantasy game. First place wins a million pounds. And because Paddy Power Fantasy games last only as long as the game week, we'll have a winner by Monday. You could pay someone to lay out your clothes on Sundays. Only nine pounds to enter, and last entry by six p.m. Sunday. Paddy Power Fantasy. Hate waiting, love winning. Paddy Power Fantasy rules apply. Eighteen plus. BeGambleAware.org. Right, Jeff, let's get to some picks. Week five picks. We've already picked, uh, both picked the Bears, I think. Uh, naturally, you picked the Bears. Uh, I do think the Raiders might be a sneaky cover there. The five and a half points, I think, the line. So, uh, quite like, because London is uh, just such an anomaly. So, I think I'm quite interested in that. But, uh, plenty of games to rattle through. Let's start with Minshew Mania and the Jags at the Panthers. Two of the teams were identified as back in business. Um, Leonard Fournette is a critical player, isn't he, that we didn't yeah. mention before. He had a hell of a game last week. It's so frustrating. And we've watched a lot of Jags games over the years. And Fournette, so much 
particularly in the Bortles era, depended on him. And at times he would be at that elite level. Other times just a pale imitation. He's had injury issues too. So is it as simple as that? This Jags team can truly contend if Fournette is firing on all cylinders. Yes, I think so. Now, what's alarming about Fournette is the yards per carry in his career is so low. How does that happen to an elite running back? But I'm sold with Gardner Minshew. When I saw that that throw he made in Denver last week where he avoided like 10 guys. Scrapping everyone. It was like the movie The Matrix with Keanu Reeves (laughs) where he's like bending certain ways. He steps up. He throws the ball. I mean, that was a huge win. For, for Jacksonville to win like that on the field goal last second. So I'm going to pick the Jags over the Panthers. Such a good point. You know, that improvisation of fearless, certain quarterbacks just have it, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and some don't. Some don't, and he's definitely, he's, this is what his third start or whatever it is, fourth in the NFL, and he was doing that. You're picking the Jags to get the road win. Yes, I am. Oh, me too. I like that. All right, we're in agreement, first of all. Moving on to the Cardinals, Bengals. Oh, Ugly game that this is going to be. We won't spend no disrespect to our listeners out there. A huge amount who are fans of these teams, a huge amount on this one. I mean, the Bengals season is just slumping from bad to worse. Kyler Murray uh, for the Cardinals, maybe expectedly hasn't lit things up as we maybe hoped. Maybe that's just a classic overestimation of a rookie quarterback coming in he's going to suddenly play at the same level and do the same things he did in college it's if only it were that simple uh i guess the the prognosis is more optimistic for the cardinals right now the bengals isn't it i i would pick the cardinals because i'm hoping to see something from cliff kingsbury and kyler murray the bengals around the short week they are at home but just from an excitement standpoint i mean if you're arizona you fired Steve Wilkes after one year. You bring in Kingsbury, who you know his college record was not good as a head coach. There's not a lot of documented success as a head coach, but you brought him in because of this offense, because of this system. This was his hand-picked quarterback. They got rid of Josh Rosen. So just for the, the love of football, I'm going to pick the Cardinals because I want to see something from right. them. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you there as well. We're agreeing too much right now. We've got to start to mix it up. Why don't we go to, speaking of another disappointing side this season, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, yes. Heading to Houston, who, who need a comeback uh, after that defeat last week to the Panthers. And the same old problems, of course, with uh, with the Texans. Huge amount of talent on both sides of the ball. But they're just not protecting Deshaun Watson enough. He's not allowing them to protect him because he's hanging on to the ball for uh, too much. The same old habits seem to creep back in again. But surely, and uh, I'm really keying in here on the wild inconsistency of the Falcons this season, surely this is a Texans win. I would think so too. And and if you're Atlanta, the real head scratcher is, you know, Dan Quinn took over the defense again. Dan Quinn's a defensive guy. And the way they have played defense lately at home, no good start to the sea or bad start against Minnesota. Then they kind of righted themselves and had a couple of wins. But I think everything lines up for for the Texans and for Deshaun Watson to have a big game. Uh, the Falcons have given up over twenty points to your point in each of their opening uh, four games. I mean, horrendous stuff from them. And offensively, Matt Ryan, the coolest hand in the game a couple of years back, is all over the show as well. I think those things are connected. Uh, I'm going. Uh, I'm going uh, Texans as well. Bucks Saints. So. As we mentioned earlier on, the Bucks a surprise package this season. The Saints, much like some of the teams we referenced as well, of course, have got problems because of the draw, uh, because of the injury to, to Drew Brees as well. Teddy Bridgewater is obviously a different kind of quarterback. And so their offense is going to change as a result. Do you think that 
people are underestimating Sean Payton a little bit and given what a brilliant mind he is, that he's going to get this right in the interim period that Teddy's got to hold the shot. I would say that for every other NFC team, the fact that the Saints are playing the way they're playing without Drew Brees is a warning. It's the do-do-do-do-do-do because when Drew Brees comes back, they're going to be even better. This is a, this is a tough game to pick because I've been in New Orleans many times. It's a really hard place to play when you're at a visiting team. At some point, though, the Saints are bound to have some kind of letdown. Buccaneers scored 55 on the road against the Rams. I know I said before that I think the Bucks are more of just kind of a average team. I'm not totally buying them, but I, I could see them at least covering. In New Orleans. I'll pick the Saints to win. I'll take the Bucks to cover. I am riding the hot hand of James Winston at the moment. I think they go into New Orleans and get the shock road win. Okay, there that would go. be a big one. Uh, it would be, but I'm going with it. I'm rolling with it. Hey, I love overreacting. Uh, Vikings-Giants. So this uh, is an interesting one because of renewed hope, I guess, in New York. Now they've made that switch and the Vikings are. I mean, they are. Tell me about the Vikings. What an embarrassment. Um, for them right now, Kirk Cousins is just not, he's not good enough. I mean, you don't guarantee a guy $84 million to play the way that he's playing. Now you could say, well, it's not all his fault. And that's true. And they played Chicago's defense last week, which is a great defense. But I'm sorry. When you're supposed to be the missing piece to a Super Bowl team, there's a level of expectation that you have to meet. And he is simply not meeting it. We joked earlier about how great his agent is and Chase Daniels agent, but how is because in Washington, of course, his frustration because of the perpetual franchise tag. But they kept paying and they kept paying him. And the Vikings thought this is our guy. Out of the different options they had, we're going to spend the big money on this guy. What is it that front offices uh, and the those in the NFL that have bought into him? What is it they're buying he, into? I he, can't. He's can't not. A, he's not a. I wouldn't say he's a he's bad, not a bad quarterback, player, no, but he's not a he's not a top six top correct. Top player. But the point is, it's so hard to find guys that are just good that when you find that guy you overpay him because you go oh no i'll never find another i'll end up with which is really short-sighted because i would think finding the next kirk cousins won't be very difficult finding the next tom brady the next aaron Rodgers, the next drew Brees, that's hard stuff patrick mahomes so i think the vikings win if they don't win against the giants with all the stuff going on with their wide receivers, all the unhappiness, their season is over. That's my overreaction. They're done in week five if they don't find a way to beat a Giants team that they should beat. Big call. Uh, our Giants team probably without Saquon again as well. There's interesting stories coming out there, but it looks unlikely he'll play as well. I'm with you. I think the Vikings have to get the win. And the same reason, incidentally, Jeff, I picked the Browns for the win on this show last week. I'm reminding everybody as much as I can. For the same reason you just said, I think Cleveland had lost last week. That would be the end of their season. Same thing with the Vikings. They know they have to get the win. So I think they get the win. Uh, we've already picked our London game, of course. Let's go on uh, to the Jets-Eagles. This shouldn't take too long to unpick. <laughs> well, I think the Eagles almost saved their season against Green Bay on that Thursday night game last week. That was impressive. Jordan Howard ran the ball very well. Um, it's a good defense. The Jets. What do the Jets do at quarterback? I mean, Donald wow. might be back this Sunday. We don't know. But, I mean, long term. just got to... Get that motto out of his system and get him back out there. That's a that's not a, a great franchise right now. They're, I'm not sure exactly where they're going. You know, Adam Gase was I thought kind of a questionable hire. Yeah, really. No one wanted to really hire him. Why are you hiring him based off of what? I mean, Miami made the playoffs one, one season, time. Yeah, yeah. but other a lot than that, of it was confrontation. Yeah. yeah, 
And even when Adam Gase got the job for the Dolphins, you know, the year that he was in Chicago uh, coordinating the Bears' offense, it was not a good offense. <laughs> so how did he get that the, job? Was the tail end of Jay Cutler, was it that? Yeah. It was near the end. Yeah. And he just turned Jay Cutler into a game manager. Yeah. There was nothing innovative that yeah. year. And they were ranked, I think, somewhere in, like, the 20s. Yeah. And yet he was the hottest head coaching candidate that off-season cycle, which I thought was strange. Yeah. It was just quick tangent, gentle point. Was Cutler, going back to what we said at the top about quarterbacks good enough to win a Super Bowl. So we said, you know, admittedly, yeah, the Ravens going way back to Kyle Boller. But uh, the example I gave of an aging Peyton Manning still clearly with the smarts, as you say, puts him in a different camp, even if his you know, football uh, athleticism at that stage was maybe letting him, letting his brain down. Where was Jay Cutler? In was he a quarterback that he one of the most enigmatic players, of, most polarizing yeah. player I've ever been around? Was he good enough to win a Super Bowl? Do you think? Um, I don't think so because of his decision making. But I will tell you right now that there's no greater athlete than Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler could do everything. He could throw. He could run. People forgot about how he ran. He could have played Major League Baseball. He was dunking in high school for basketball. He was a great athlete. It's just... Was that his problem, do you think? He was so good at everything. Because he's got that air about him, doesn't he? He definitely would... If he walked into these beautiful offices, he would have an air about him. No thought about it. Uh, <laughs> Diplomatically put. I, yeah, I just think that, that you know, there comes a time when big players make big plays in big moments. And he didn't really have that sort of gene. I mean, if it was a an average team, he could make a big play every now and again. But when it really mattered... More times than not, he didn't come through. Ah, interesting. So someone like Eli Manning is probably not as capable or round and athlete or quarterback, but was precisely when it was that time right to make here. the big plays. Clutch. Eli won two Super Bowls. Ravens Steelers. Interesting. Ravens need a bounce back game. Of course, the Steelers suddenly seeing signs, uh, seeing signs of life again. I'll, I'll take the Ravens. I think I think uh, Harbaugh has drilled it into their heads this week that this is a big game. This is a divisional game. It's the Steelers. We looked bad. They got to fix their defense, which I mean was just gashed by the Browns last week. Um, I think there's so much riding on this game for the Ravens. It's hard for me not to take Baltimore. I know they. It was the Bengals that they beat. Which, frankly, Jeff, you and I could run around the office now and get a team that would be competitive against the Bengals. I think right now, but I like the Steelers at home here. It's at Heinz. I think okay. I like Mason Rudolph in the presser afterwards. And I know you can get read too much into this situation, but the way he was talking about his team and the way that he was talking about. Uh, he's respectfully to Roethlisberger, but this is my show now, and he wasn't arrogant with it. He no, no, just, yeah, he was just composed with it. I thought, okay, I buy into, the, I buy into him. I think this is a guy that looks looks legit on that very surface level. I think he looks legit, and he looked composed against the Bengals. Different proposition against the Ravens, do. But I like the Steelers at home here, close, but I'm going there. All right, Bills Titans. The Bills really showed some game, didn't they? Against, yes, they did against New England, and uh, I mean, incredible when you think how mediocre Tom Brady was on that particular day. Uh, and that's testament to, to the Bills' D. But, of course, they've got problems with their own on the other side of the ball with Josh Allen. We don't know if he's going to start. Matt Barkley, for Chase Daniel equals Matt Barkley, <laughs> thereabouts. So a difficult to go in without your starter. The NFL is a better place when the Bills are good. Yes, I agree. When Bills Mafia, when they're jumping through tables and they're jumping off those vans, I've never seen more guys lined up with the uh, plastic handcuffs on than outside the Bills game last year when I was in Buffalo. It's a great scene. The defense is 
when you're intercepting Tom Brady in the red zone, you're doing something right because that never happens. So I am taking the Bills. Great point. Love that. Me too. I, and I'm big on the Titans and I'm big on what they're doing there. And as we said earlier on, I think they're being underrated, but I think the Bills get it back. I, I think a low scoring game though, to be honest, Jeff here. Um, speaking of the Patriots need to get their offense going again. What a way to do it. What a matchup to do that against Washington, who are in that bottom, bottom three or four teams in the NFL right now. Horrible, stinking the joint out. So I've got a feeling Brady is going to unleash hell yes. in Washington on yes. Sunday. I was in, Ned, I was in DC two weeks ago for Monday night, and uh, that's a sad state of affairs there. They're, they're a bad franchise. They had to put Dwayne Haskins in because Jay Gruden's trying to save his job, but he's not ready to play yet. They got nothing. What's Gruden saying now? Who's going to start? Is Colt McCoy is getting thrown in. What is going on? I, I understand what Gruden's trying to do. The odds that Dwayne Haskins was ready to play are very small. But when you're probably going to lose your job, you have to take that chance. So what if, what if Dwayne Haskins looks great against the Giants last week? Now if you're Jay Gruden, you say, well, yeah, I developed him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dan Snyder, we're getting him ready to go. You, you know, you wanted him to play. Look at how I got him playing. Right. Unfortunately, he's just not ready yet. So I would say Patriots by four touchdowns. <laughs> Good. I'm glad they are my lock of the week uh, to cover. So I'm glad you said that. Uh, Broncos Chargers. Um, Denver, oh. not as disappointing as Washington, but not far off. I want to give Vic Fangio a big hug. <laughs> I love Vic Fangio. Two times this year they've lost at home on last second field goals yes, to right. Jacksonville last week and to Chicago in week two. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, they're, they got to talk about quarterbacks. They got to figure out their quarterback situation. You know, I don't know. Eventually they'll go to the kid from Missouri, uh, lock at some point, but, uh, I think the Chargers at home, better team. I'm going LA. Yeah, no brainer. This, um, maybe that's a bit harsh on the, on the Broncos, but yeah, I, I think I'm Chargers too. This is a harder one to call Packers Cowboys. And what a game it's going to be too, that's right? That's tough. In Arlington, uh, really, really tight one to call. Uh, Devontae Adams had a storming game, although he went off injured. Yes, his foot. Training, yep. so uh, question mark there, I think. Rogers vintage stuff once again. I feel like Green Bay's ahead of schedule. Um, I feel like their start might have been a little bit of a mirage because it's you can tell that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are not quite on the same page yet. Okay, that's a, that's a big work in progress. Would most head coaches be in the same situation though, with with a Aaron Rodgers who's very who's a generational talent, but also incredibly opinionated? I would say any first year head coach right. would be in that spot. Now, if they brought in, let's just say, for example, Arians or if Andy Reid comes right, to Green right. Bay, oh my God, that would be amazing. Aaron Rodgers is saying, "Okay, Andy Reid, whatever you say, Andy, we'll do it." When it's Matt Lafleur and you're claim the fame as being on the Sean McVay tree, and you're telling a future Hall of Famer, "This is what you're going to." do, you're going to probably get some pushback. I think the Cowboys win that game. I do as well. I like the Cowboys. Although I was worried about, was it the Saints defense was so strong? Was and last week, or was it with the Cowboys just, was it one of those bad days at the Combination, office? I mean, bad day at the office. Again, you're playing in New Orleans. That's a really hard place to play. Right. I mean, the Look, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones is on Bourbon Street the night before the game. I mean, there's, there's, sure there's a lot going on I down there. I can see imagine, why they lost. I can't imagine he would be tucked up in bed early on, I'm sure. Uh, Colts, Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs, of course, um, that thriller we mentioned earlier against the, the Lions and got it done. And Mahomes didn't really have a typically strong day for him. But when it mattered, masterminded that drive. So, you know, here's my advice to you, okay? Mm. The next couple of days when you see the Bears fans around London, one thing you don't want to say to them is... 
You could have drafted Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and not Mitchell Trubisky. Because they'll wheel around and they'll spill their pints and they'll be very upset with you and in your face talking. I know, I know. We could have drafted Patrick Mahomes. Could have, would have, should have. Uh, I love the Chiefs. I love Mahomes. Colts, I mean, when you lose Andrew Luck the way they lost him, the retirement, yeah, how does yeah. the team bounce back from that? That's Maybe hard. we should have had the Colts in that conversation earlier on, as you know, when the Luck news dropped just before the start of the season. But everyone seems to be quite big on them early on with, with Brissett saying, look, he's not Andrew Luck. Yeah. He's good enough. Yeah, but, but like Chase Daniel, mm. career backups are career backups for a reason. Mm. There's always the anomaly. There's always the exception to the rule. But I, I wasn't buying the whole Jacoby Brissett's the second coming of Tom Brady. Mm, so we're both locking the Chiefs there. Monday Night Football, the Browns looking to re-up after uh, last week's shenanigans. And particularly, I think, notable for Nick Chubb breaking out. Jarvis Landry having a big game, although he's in concussion protocol. But they did it without Odo Beckham needing a big game. So that is worrying in a way for the 49ers who have had a terrific start to the season themselves. I'm, I'm spying a lot of points in this one, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, it's a game the Browns should win. Um, San Francisco is a unique story because this is the year that Kyle Shanahan, you have to win. You know, they had a great run when Garoppolo first came to San Francisco two years ago. Remember, they won all those games to end the year. Expectations were high last year. Garoppolo gets hurt. So if you're John Lynch, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you say, well, didn't have my quarterback last year. But this year, pressure's on, and they've responded so far. Very impressive. But I think... That's a team that's going to, just because of their division, I mean, they're playing with the Rams, the Seahawks. Yeah. They're going to kind of drift back to the middle of the pack. And if the Brown, again, if the Browns fancy themselves a real playoff team, this is a game you win Monday night. Uh, particularly with their record, they have to win that. Great shout. Oh, for, let's wrap up on the Browns quickly. I think if they do make the playoffs, they overcome the dysfunction uh, and the haphazard franchise that they still seem to be. And get into the playoffs. Dangerous sides. I would not want to play yeah, in the playoffs. But, but they got to make the playoffs first. So I was never buying the Super Bowl hype. No. Because how about qualify for the postseason? <laughs> sure. And then we'll talk about Super Bowl. Fair point. It is terrific to see you. And I know you've got a crazy busy schedule with the Bears in town. So dropping by HQ here and spending time talking to us is massively appreciated. It was, it was my pleasure. It was great. And remember, everyone, if you see a Bears fan walking around London, don't bring up Patrick Mahomes. My lips are sealed. Okay? We don't want any fights. We don't want any riots. <laughs> we don't want Bears fans storming the castle. Just don't mention Mahomes. <laughs> that is wise words. Terrific stuff. Jeff, look after yourself. We'll see you soon. Thank you. What a guest. Great to see Jeff. Really interesting insight. Uh, extra video content, incidentally, from that chat over on ESPN UK's YouTube channel. The boys will put it out on our social media channels as well, at the NC Show Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know the drill by now. We're back tomorrow, me and the OG, with our daily fantasy special. Get involved with that if you haven't already, because uh, Paddy Power run a free competition as well. Every week, free to enter competition, the top 900 winner prize. It's a chance your arm a little bit, but listen to me and the OG first to get you set for some big picks this weekend. Cannot wait for Sunday if you're going. Enjoy. Let us know how you got on. Hope it goes the way uh, you want it to. Bears or Raiders fans, respectively. We're back on Monday. Greg Brady in the house to look back on all the weekend's action. We'll see you then. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.